and we're live. Hey, Wolfbot there. Um, I hope uh, everybody's having a nice evening here at Postdoc Brewing. I realize that this is the official brewery partner of the Seattle Seawolves, which is the new professional rugby team here in the Pacific Northwest. The one and only. Let's, let's see what everyone in here. Give yourselves a hand for being here. Give yourselves a hand. We are here. so thankful to have this great crowd here tonight, uh, whether in support of the great beer here at Postdoc or in support of the great Seawolves or both. Um, hope you enjoy your beer and chatting with a couple of the players who are here tonight. Um, you're probably wondering now who I am. Um, my name is Raymond. Uh, I'm just a super fan of the Seawolves, and I actually do. You have, do, do you have a last name, Raymond? Uh, Torkelson. It's a Swedish name. Um, I don't know. I ended up here Very somehow. Very common to the Northwest. Very common in the Northwest. You think I would have stopped in Minnesota or something? But um, yeah. So basically, I fell in love with rugby in college, and. I always wanted there to be a professional rugby team here in the Northwest, and there wasn't a league. And Where'd you go to college? I went to Lewis and Clark College, which is a small private liberal arts school outside of the Portland, Oregon area. And I think I drove by that stone there one day. Yeah, you might have. I think a couple people have. Um, that's, that's not unusual. Um, their rugby program is pretty small, and I, fell, I just fell into the sport accidentally. I... Uh, I studied Chinese, ni hao, I can speak Chinese, um, and ended up playing sure, because sure. Some, <laughs> somebody sure. in my class asked me to come play rugby. His name is Talawe, and if you're there on Instagram listening, uh, shout out to you, man. So today, um, today is the Seawolf podcast. I talk about Seawolf's rugby once a week. I'm super grateful to be here with TR, Tony Ridnell. So Tony played for the USA international team. He is Eagle number 168. They all have a number. But um, Tony, what was the number on your back when you were out there on the field? Uh, I, I played uh, four, five, six, and eight for the Eagles. So. All right, four, five, six, and eight. So we probably have some people here that uh, need help understanding what that means, but it means that he was a huge, mean guy on the field, and you did not want to mess with him. And if Tony stands up, you will see that. So I'm thankful to have Tony here. He knows a lot more about rugby than I do. Um, I might be the craziest Seawolf fan out there, and we're just the perfect pair up here doing Seawolf Pod. Great to have him as a guest today. Well, I just like to, I think everyone in the crowd should thank Ray for doing the Seawolves podcast yeah, Ray. And, oh. and taking the effort to spend the money and the time and the resources to do what he does. Oh. Everyone, please give him a round. You. Well, thank you. That is touching. I appreciate that. Um, very thankful to be here. Postdoc is great to be putting this on. So this is where it's going to all get interesting. We're going to actually start talking about rugby and not ourselves. So <laughs> um, we've got a, a short agenda here today. And what you may not be aware of, there's a couple players here from the Seattle Seawolves. It's the Major League Rugby. It's the new league of rugby that started here in the United States. It is professional. It is happening. It is here. Rugby is in America, and we are so excited. Um, the Seawolves are one of the most exciting teams, but I just want to get into what is Major League Rugby all about. Tony talks a lot on his blogs and on other podcasts about the importance of MLR for the national team, which he's been a part of. Feel free to jump in at any point on what it means, but um, yeah, go ahead. Well, thanks, Ray. What the, what the MLR means you know, to looking up for what it means for rugby in America 
is we now have a platform for our top profession, our top performing players. We have a single platform where our top 100, 200 players can play uh, can play against each other on a competitive basis for this year for seven straight weeks. Next year for next year for 14 straight weeks. And uh, so we're going to be able we're going to be able to see these players. They're going to be able to most importantly earn the respect of each other, earn the respect of coaches. And I guarantee you that as each game is broadcast, subconsciously, the level of play is going to get higher and higher. I had an opportunity to speak to the Australian great, Mark Ella, at the World Cup in 2015. And he said that the level of rugby in Australia improved at least 200% in the late 70s when, uh, when rugby started to be televised. So I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see an incredible in increase in the level of play, the level of commitment, the level of fitness, the level yep. of defense, and I think that's going to translate into our national teams, and we're going to start to win some big games. Absolutely, yeah. It's amazing what a domestic league can do for the national level of rugby. Um, we've definitely seen that in other places in the world, and it's so exciting to have it here in the U.S. Um, so, as as Tony mentioned, what what Major League Rugby does is it's bringing this this great and exciting fun sport to this American sports audience. It's used to having the best athletes, and it's strengthening the competitiveness of our U.S. national team which Tony's been a part of and knows what it's like to not have that domestic league there growing the game. Um, so, you know, where past leagues may not still be around, MLR is succeeding. They have a multi-year television partnership, which is really exciting. They're doing well, I, I've heard that this television partnership, and it consists of ESPN+, Plus. it consists of group sports, yep. CBS Sports uh, does a game of the week. I've heard from people within the league that it's probably the best sports media package of any startup league. Yep. There's there's a whole media alliance behind it. It's really cool. Um, you know, these are games that you can watch. When you want to watch the Seawolves, they're on Root Sports. It's amazing. It's, it's just right there on TV. Um, you know, besides the multi-year television partnership here in Major League Rugby, um, I think something excited that can be a good transition into uh, Seawolves is that they've been selling out their stadium. It is unbelievable. They have been filling every seat, every game so far. When they did their away match, it was pretty fun in NOLA, but it's just nothing like Starfire well, Stadium. I, I don't know what's happened here. You know, it's... I, I, How did it take over? I, w I went Overnight. to the game. I went to the game. I went to the first game about four hours early, expecting just to talk to some people, um, you know, just see what, see why they were here, you know, because obviously there's not 3,800 rugby players in Seattle. The first person I asked at two hours before the game, we were up in the bar. There was a woman, maybe 50 years old, with her daughter who might have been 25, and she said, "We used to have Se we used to have Seahawks tickets. They became too expensive." We're not really into soccer because it's a boring game, and uh, and we just wanted to get we just wanted to get involved in a new professional team and a new professional sport sure. right at the ground level, and that was pretty cool. And that's been a common uh, thread. I have season yeah. tickets. You know, I don't have any special tickets. I'm on a 22 meter line. Sure, yeah. The people all around us, you know, yeah. we become friends, and yep. um, it's it's just a really cool environment. And I, there's a rumor that the uh, the person doing the public announcing is going to introduce the new Seawolves album on Sunday. So. Yeah, hey, and that's very exciting. It's just amazing. Starfire is the greatest place in Major League Rugby, in my opinion, and you just have to go see it to understand it. Um, there are still tickets available, but you're not going to get season tickets. Those are sold out. There's a waiting list. Good luck with that. Um, I don't think there's season. I don't think there are tickets available anymore. Are we all out? So what, well, what are? You? Hey, Shane, come here. Shane Skinner, Where, where's the GM?
All right, we've got some staff. So here no, no, I want to discuss this whole concept of being sold out. Yeah, like, what is sold so out if mean? I'm a huge rugby fan and I want to go to the SeaWolves game on Sunday. Are you telling? Where is Shane? Oh, Shane. We're looking oh, for you. Well, here's my going to be my question to you, right? Sure. If if you're going to if you're a SeaWolves fan, you want to go. If you're a rugby fan and you've heard about this thing, I mean, yeah. I saw a few people. Walking around the city today in the same jersey I am. That was pretty cool. It's amazing. Like before, see on Blue Friday before Seahawks game, yeah. everyone's wearing blue and blue and green. But it was pretty cool to see some people around the town. Yeah. Today. But I would like Shane to come back so that if we could just ask him, like, well, we if, should definitely. If, if you were a rugby fan and you wanted to go to the game this weekend, you got to be able to get in. There's got to be a way. Are they scalping? Is there epic seats? Uh, sure. What's going on? I'm gonna have to stand up and look and see if he's around here. I'm not seeing this. MIA. Perfect timing. Well, this that's is just okay. such a fabulous crowd. I mean, to think, yeah, to think really about there are more people at this little Seawolves weekly party at yeah. their sponsored brewery than there were at, uh, at at the games that I would play in, you know, and maybe yeah, totally. even two or three years ago, the Saracens. And it's, and it's still the case with my, Fantastic. with my games down in Oregon. It's still the case. This is a bigger crowd. So it's really exciting what's going on at Starfire Stadium. So that brings us on Seawolf Pod into talking about not just the league, but the Seawolves, which is the team that we're here to talk about that we are rooting for that has been doing very well in Major League Rugby. So uh, Tony and I have been following it closely, and there's been three season matches so far that we would love to give you a little recap of here um, if you haven't been following the season or if you just like a bit of our commentary on it, um, which whichever works for you. Ray, let me ask you a question. So, so yeah, you were pretty it. bullish on the Seawolves from the beginning of the I season. I was, yeah. And... You know, we should talk about I that. didn't really know who the players were, what to yeah. expect, so I was delighted to see that first right. win. But why were you so bullish on the on this sure. to begin the season? Well, I was starting a podcast, and coming on strong wasn't the worst idea. But yeah, I will you can't say, say, hey, I'm starting a podcast about this team, and we suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good, so I get it. Um, but besides that, you know, what I saw in the Seawolves was a team that was bringing together talent both from – the Eagles, right? And from the Canadian national team, these were people who had played a lot on Saracens together, and I think it's really important in rugby what kind of chemistry and understanding you have of the other players on the team. I wasn't really focusing on the other teams and evaluating whether they had that or not, because I'm here, you know, I live in Portland, Oregon, and so I'm focused on what's going on in Northwest sports. I want to root for my own team. And I took a look at the roster, and I read the bios, and there was enough information for me to see that they've been playing together before, and they know what it's like, you know, to depend on each other and to say, we're going to go to war together today on the field and make it happen. And also, you know, just keying into what other people were saying about the athleticism of individual players. I mean, we just have some all-star athletes. I, I could I could say any one of our players and say something positive about their game. And it just, I was, the only reason. Well, what about the hair? I mean, you know, if that, the hair is good, too. <laughs> yeah, the hair. Aladdin, we've got we've got the long too. hair with Aladdin, Tolutao, Hasley Pro. Tolo Tao, I, I, you've been hearing it on the podcast, it's been rough, but we have some just beautiful haircuts out there, I mean, um, you know, Van Harn now, he's bringing in the long hair too, he's kind of giving Shermer a run for his money, um, it's a good looking crew, they're good guys, and you know, I was just talking to Shane about this, but good guys play good rugby, and... Well, I, I think that the analogy you could use for the Seawolves is, uh, is sort of like the Las Vegas Golden Knights, you know, right. A lot of a uh, lot of high to middle draft picks to play some good team hockey, and I think uh, I think the Seawolves is sort of the same. There's yeah. No super, you know, 
all-star players, but there's right. just a lot of solid consistency from the team. Yeah. You know, emanating with guys like Shalom, you know, sure. the captain of the team and, and, and uh, uh, you know, ultimate team players, but it's a huge yeah. server to the game. And that's got to feed off of other players, you know, the, yeah. the talent of the high-level players we have, like Matt Turner, who played on the World Sevens for many years. Yeah. He was just so electric in the first game. Yeah. Um, you know, Absolutely fantastic. Just their physicality. Um, Tolu Tao is very physical. I mean, his ability to get in there in the rocks. These guys here, Andre and Dion, they bring that too. I mean, our defense is really something to be recognized. Yeah. And that's Real something you've seen in your experience in rugby. Like, you, you can make that judgment just from how they're coming off the line that they really know what they're doing on defense. I, I think the one, you know, the, the level of play in the MLR so far is yeah. very positive. Right. I think we've seen some individual skills, and if we were going to compare it to the Premiership or the Championship in the UK, yeah, some individual skills are lacking a little bit. I think our sure. goal kicking is world class. Yeah. Uh, the two, the two major. The, the three the three deficiencies that I'm seeing is sure. and some individual skills we saw the other day a couple of two on ones very simple should have been yep. scores and a few of the fundamental games. stuff yeah and these are my guys that play on the Eagles right so yeah there's really no excuse to, right. to not be able to execute two on one ten out of ten right um, and we saw two in a row go go by the wayside last what do you week. think about the conditions there in that New Orleans game that's what you're referring to right yeah. I mean humid 85 yeah. John Goodman's in the crowd yeah, distracted it's, <laughs> it's hard you know it's it would be hard to you know playing in those conditions but still these are you know this is the level of expectations right. uh, that we have that we have to have for both sure. for all the teams well something that i heard uh, in the stratosphere rugby discussion online is that the there's a certain pressure that the audience in america for american sports is expecting where they're used to the best athletes. They're used to LeBron James and folks in NFL. I, mean, I watch more NBA, but they're used to some of the most exciting sports on the planet. And so what these players out here want to do is give them the best show that they can because they know that's what they're competing with for that attention, and that can cause errors. Well, no, that's true. I mean, there's probably a level of uh, you know, anxiety sure. there, but I think what's going to happen, I think by far and away the highest level game in terms of yeah. its intensity and commitment, was the last game, MLR game we saw, which was Glendale hosting San Diego Rams. Yeah. And the commitment, the, the commitment at the breakdown and the competitiveness of the game was phenomenal. But there were still right. some, some tremendous individual errors. The, uh, yeah. the Eagles center, Bryce Campbell, dropped a very simple pass just sure. right in front of him that professional players should not be doing. And he's playing for the London Irish now. He is indeed. Oh, it's a great he's, signing. And yeah. he's a great player. I don't yeah. mean, I don't mean no, to bring no, no, up the no, negative. I I, it yeah. was just a surprise. I bailed kick himself in the yeah. ass for that for 10 years. Absolutely. I, I would have. <laughs> Those but, little errors, they're frustrating. Yeah. But I think as, as the game speeds up, as the intensity and the commitment of the sure. breakdown speeds up, the pace of play around the game, speeds up what happens to players is that the game actually slows down yep. and so that you become more of a part of the game a participant in the game rather than a spectator right it's not a uh, passive presence you're an, absolutely. you're an agent in what's going to happen and absolutely. i think that that's a really good way to describe it is the game slows down my sports ability has never got to that point but maybe someday the podcast will slow down for me. so exactly. i definitely know what you're talking about sports fans know what you're talking about athletes know what you're talking about absolutely so let's let me give a quick recap so there's been three seawolves matches so far this season our home opener was against san diego legion on an absolute banner day for pacific northwest weather it was just the most peachy open for major league rugby so people have coined this game against san diego legion Penalty try, the motion picture, and 
Johnny Lass, because he knows what I'm talking about. For anybody that doesn't know where to well, penalty try. Well, it was amazing. You know, there was three penalty, three tries we scored under the post based on uh, scrums that collapsed that were right. the fault of the Legion. Right. Uh, I think we were fortunate to have the Legion up in our first game. Yeah, I don't we think were. that's going to be happening uh, anymore. No. Nope. I think... Uh, my friend Alex Corbusiero has spent a couple of sessions down man. there with the San Diego Legion. It I looks saw, like it's fixing things. I saw him Monday night, and he was laughing. He was like, "Man, it's <laughs> you know, just a couple of sessions makes a difference." Yeah. And I remember as a player, you know, you get a, you, if you're you know in a club that's not doing great, you're not scrummaging great, something's not going right. Whatever the reason, yeah. it's not that you're not good players. It's sure. just whatever the reason. Yep. You get a you get a top level world class coach, a guy that's been there, and come in for a few sessions, it can make a difference. And it certainly made a difference for the San Diego Legion. Yeah, it absolutely did. They've been improving their scrum. And so, you know, if you were going to go back and look at that game, you'd see that that's where we dominated. And it is a strength for our team. But San Diego's come a long ways with that. And it speaks to how every team in the league wants to compete. And they're making every effort. They're not sitting there saying, okay, this is what we're bad at. They bring in Alex Cobrecero to go train them. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, that's why, that's why this game on Sunday is very compelling. Yeah. My assessment of the league right now is that the top two teams, well, the top team is Glendale. Sure. The next two teams are San Diego and uh, yep. and the Seattle Seawolves. Yep. Uh, I think Austin uh, is uh, probably lagging the field. Right. Uh, and then you've got a, a pack there of Utah who is improving every week. And Paul Lasica, I mean, we're going to talk about him, the, the inside center number 12. Shalom's out here. But, he's uh, got an assignment. He does have an assignment. Maybe we should ask him what he's what he's going to do to Paul Lasica. Where's Shalom? Let's get Shalom. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the the Warriors coming up, and I know we're not at that point in our agenda here, sure. but it's going to be it's a, really compe there, yeah. it's a compelling game. You know, just, just the... the the, probably the top of the next best is Utah right now, and, right. and they could, you know, they're going to come up here looking to take some some whale skin. Now, is it is it Kurt Morath? Is he their fly half? He is. So he's uh, Tongan International. He's probably the yeah. He's probably the most well acclaimed resume player right. in, in the league. So uh, at my bottom tier level of D four club rugby, I play fly half, and I'm proud of it. And when I can't start there, I play in the back line. So when I talk about rugby, I'm talking about it through the lens of a back. And what we saw in the New Orleans game... We'll make a good team because I have no interest <laughs> You're in anything. You're a good forward and I'm a bad back. So we're the perfect matchup. Um, so what we've seen is a new fly half come forward for the Seawolves, Peter Smith. I believe he was healing up from injury. And so, right. And so Holder has slotted back to fullback. Which I think is a great position for Will Absolutely. in this team. I think uh, he, he will be able He's to be much more dynamic at 15, make right. much more of a positive impact uh, at 15 than he would at 10, particularly with Peter Smith, the Australian playing. Yeah. Fantastic play. Absolutely. Peter Smith did a great job. He was kicking. He's a kicking 10. I think that's important, right? And it's just amazing to see what was able to happen with Smith at 10 in New Orleans. And then also with Holder at fullback, he scored, right? So there was that clever switch from Matt to Shalom, who's out here. Bravo, Shalom, on that. Uh, he's chatting with somebody, but he knows it was a good play. And he ran through, and he was able to just offload it to Holder for that try. And so this, the switch-ups in the back line, I think, are all rational adjustments and really moving the team forward because after the first game, I knew our, our forwards were strong against San Diego, but I wanted to keep seeing our back line develop because they're all really strong athletes, and I knew that you know we still had our time to shine. And we're starting to see it more as we're drifting away from the penalty tries and the team tries more than the individual tries. Well, it's been three different games, right? Um, you know, Very we had a beautiful weather in the first game against San Diego. 
whose forward pack, quite frankly, was not ready to play a, a game at that level. Yeah, and right. the three penalty tries uh, uh, were appropriate. Yeah. And I think if the two teams played this weekend, it would be a, a, a different contest. I mean, the I Seawolves, believe so. the Seawolves would probably have played better, but you know that the Legion would have been much improved. Right. The second game, when we played against Glendale, right. obviously probably the most the game you would look forward to playing most, Glendale, the I favorites. I call this the Clash of the Titans. Well, there you go. There you go. Which ended yeah. in a loss. That was our only loss so far this season. It did end in a loss. I think, I think you know, losses end. are never good, but sure. if you could take some positives away from the loss, yes. the level of competitiveness of the game was tremendous. Right. Seattle could have won, uh, and Seattle never got rolling. And there's some rugby games you play throughout your career, you never right. get rolling. Yep. And it doesn't matter what level it is. You didn't, it just doesn't happen for you. Right. And that was maybe the one game this season that just didn't happen for the season. Sure. Um, you know, I think one of my takeaways from that Glendale game was that Seawolves don't ever stop fighting. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to never stop fighting. Well, you can see that in New Orleans last week. Right, exactly. And they're still pushing until the last minute because they know that it's going to count. And those bonus points are important too, right, for the overall standings. So Seawolves right now are second overall, and that's important if they're going to they're going to come after Glendale. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're saying in the finals, but you never want to be complacent. You want to take every opportunity you have, and we fight until the end. And that's what I learned from our loss against Glendale. Did you just did you just say the word finals? Finals. Yeah. We've got playoffs. What should I call them? Are we not having finals? Well, I wouldn't talk. About, I wouldn't talk about finals yet. There's a lot of season to play. Yeah, there it is. Right? Well, it's a ten week season. Um, you know, again, historically, I've been bullish on the Seawolves. It's Seawolf Pod. That doesn't excuse me from needing to reason through my opinions. And oh, no, that's okay. I'm just going to keep you a little bit grounded. It's okay. <laughs> we, have a lot of, we have a lot of work to do before those finals. Yeah, somebody's got to do that. Well, you know, I think a big thing is going to be, um, you know, on my club, we have a player coach, and he's really important to us. And if we didn't have him, that would be difficult for us. And so in June, when we lose our seven international players, there's six Canadians. This is going to be incredible. Yeah, it's going to take a huge effort to pull through and do the same things we've been doing at the start of the season and the end of the season. So I definitely, well, well taken your point that there's a lot of rugby to go this season. And things are going to change drastically in June. Um, you know, Kaliki, so he was able to go 70 minutes. Right. That was against, a fantastic performance by Right. Unbelievable. But if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, we're not going to have him in June. No, we won't. We're, we're going to lose Ollie and we'll lose, uh, I believe it's six Canadians, including yeah. you know, Captain Phil Mack. Right. Captain Coach. So right. it's going to be an interesting It's uh, going to be interesting. You know, things, things feel really great right now, and I'm not trying to say anything negative. I think it's just going to be an opportunity for other players to step up who have been watching the leaders on the team and what they're doing well there's, there's no question about that yeah. but the, what's what i think you know people have a tendency to be very over analytical a little sure. bit over critical in the first season sure you know we're just the, the teams are working through this uh maybe next season you know there's there's two bye games there, yeah. well, there's there's three teams not playing this weekend right yeah so maybe next season they'll figure out let's have the two bye game the three yeah. teams not playing during one of the weeks where there's one of the June tests. Sure. Right. So the so the more teams can have more of their top players playing. What do you think about the bye week and what it does to a team? Do you think it's positive? Do you think it's worked out? I hate bye weeks. I wouldn't want them. <laughs> it's to boring. Play. Yeah, I wouldn't want it if I played. I've yeah. never liked them when I'm a you know football fan. It's like having to wait to hit your next shot in golf. You just you get cold. And well, I never get cold because when I'm shooting 120 strokes, you keep warm. You know, You're pissed do. off, yeah, that's for sure. Well, you know, I'm just thinking about we've had two wins this season. 
Uh, one was the opener, and one came after a bye week. And we won by a lot more, not in the match that was after the bye week. And I'm not going to blame that for what happened, because if Nolan had kicked well, we would have lost that match. It's clear. You can just do the math. They lost eight points to their kicks. I, I think, you know, yes, true. Right. Absolutely. But but I believe going, you know, the, the, the away wins are going to be very difficult in this league. Yes. Just based on the way the, the teams are having to travel. So I think the team went... Uh, via Phoenix uh, on the Friday. They got into okay. New Orleans in the afternoon. That's tough. I heard you talking about that it's on Friday. It's humid, sticky. You can't cool down. Maybe you go out for a meal, eat some fried oysters or you something. You talked about the time change, too. It's like 5 a.m. and then right. 10 a.m. Well, you're waking, you know, you're waking up the day after 5 a.m. your time, you know, if you're waking up at 8 a.m. for a 1 o'clock game. Yep. Um, which you, and, the, and the game starts at 10 a.m. On the, on, the, on the West Coast, which is a tough ask. Right, that's challenging. You know, uh, the league is in its, in its initial stages, and so to have the luxury that some of these international teams have of going and spending an entire week to acclimate to a different environment, at the international level, that's beautiful, and that's still difficult. And so when you're going to go and do this even on a small time change, that's, that's challenging. Well, it's a tremendous sacrifice that, yeah. you know, that, that the, players the players are making you know, in terms of particularly home versus away. So right. I think away wins are going to be very difficult to come by, particularly against the you know the top three or four teams. For sure. Well, I think that brings us into talking about the Utah Warriors, and we can look at you know how they've been doing in terms of home versus away. So like the Seawolves, the Utah Warriors, who we play at Starfire Stadium, on Sunday at 5.30 p.m., which is going to be an amazing match. How have they been doing this season? So their past matches, their first game was against San Diego Legion. Um, they lost 31-24. to And their next match, so that was at San Diego Legion, they lost their away match. Um, and they've won both of their home matches. We're going to get some more beer here. And this was, was this We're the gonna, We have or, to support the sponsor. Is this the Ruck This or the Ruck That? So can I get the Ruck This? Okay, excellent. The Ruck That was Ruck This and Ruck That. It's Would amazing, yeah. So uh, here at Postdoc Brewing, which is, you know, putting on this whole night of Seawolves Rugby and having uh, Dion and, and Andre come out here, the players, they've been, you know, providing the beer at Starfire and they've given it rugby names. So Ruck This, Ruck That. For somebody who's not familiar with rugby, the ruck is the breakdown. It's the thing that differs. The ruck is what it's all about. The ruck is what it's all it's about. It's where you don't belong. It's where I can't function, where I've been maybe concussed time and again. You, you look at rucks and go, gosh, I'm glad I'm not in that. Yeah, yeah. As a, I'm a halfback. And so halfback just means can't ruck. It's short for can't ruck. Um, <laughs> And, and you'll see that at, at any level of rugby. Um, so basically a ruck is when the ball's on the ground and two players from opposing teams are going to contest for that ball. Once they've made contact, they cannot use their hands to get the ball and they have to ruck the ball out with their feet. That's it. Or push over. You were referee before the one. I wasn't, but is that how referees... It sounded pretty good. Wow, well, I suck at rocking, so it doesn't really change anything. I can... That's why I podcast. That's why I'm not playing for the Seawolves, but... Um, or the D1 team for Orsu, but anyways, yeah, I love you, Orsu. We do have a Shalom sighting over there. We do have a Shalom sighting over there. Was the question we had for Shalom earlier? Well, no, the question I have is for Shane Skinner about tickets, and he's right over there as well. We should get him. Oh, man. Let's get, get someone, and then we'll talk about the game. Let's get Shane over here and we'll talk about the game. Well, we're only going to make them look good because we love the Seawolves, so somebody's going to get them here. We have some great Seawolf staff members here from Ticket Sales who have been doing a phenomenal job this season. Who's here from the Seawolf staff? we got Carly. Uh, so Carly, who does PR. It's great. We, uh, we love supporting each other on Twitter. And we've got, I believe it's Achen, who does... Achen. Achen. Okay, so we have Achen here. Right over there. Ticket Sales. 
kind of digital marketing operations specialist. Hey, I wear every hat here at Seawolf Pod, except for knowing what I'm talking about, which is why Tony's here. Do you so, the checks? That's all that anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll get some guests up here, owner of the team, maybe a maybe a player. Um, but you know, we'd love to talk about what to expect this weekend, Sunday at Starfire. Let's do that. We'll talk about this weekend, then you get some other guests on. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely. So this weekend. I want you to ask Shane about the tickets because. Um, a lot of my people are calling me on how can I get tickets. Sure. Yeah, if they're okay with having Shane on, maybe we'll get him a rough this or a rough that. I'm not sure. Cheers. Thank you, Postdoc. Um, cheers, Rick. Nice to see you. Cheers, Tony. Nice to see nice you, to see too. You. I love Seattle. It's a fun place. Redmond, actually, but the area. So, um, yeah, we'll just get in, you know, real quick. This weekend we're playing the Warriors. Um, the Warriors are a good team. They have a player from the NFL who's going to be matched up against one of our players here tonight, um, which is Shalom, and he's just drifting around here Shalom with Shalom Suniola. So inside centers, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but we can almost think of an inside center like a running back. They've got to be pretty bulky, pretty strong. they got to be able to run under the ball hard and still make those passes. Well, this kid, Nisike, uh, he's, he's uh, you know, he's what we call in rugby, it's a very technical term, it's called a freak. A freak. Well, and, uh, he's yeah. a freak, and he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tremendous runner with the ball. Right. And if you watch him in the last couple of games, he's got some real rugby skills. This kid's sure. a real rugby player. I'm sure the yeah. national team coach, Gary Gold, has, has huge aspirations for, for Paul. Uh, absolutely. But I think, you know, what, what you would what would you, what you would compute is a defensive scheme. You know, Shalom's a big, tough kid, but we're going to have a number eight coming off of the back of the ruck, yeah. back of the scrum. Uh, Reichert is coming back, and I'm very excited to see that big old side. I'm very excited for him, too. You know, he's we been nice enough. Yeah, no, we, we haven't, and, you know, he opened for us as our captain, and... Uh, had a tough injury in the first game, but he's he's going to be back because he's ready to go. And now I've got some kind of a alarm here. Going to get back on Instagram. Cool. I always have tech issues, to be expected. Um, so, do you have any predictions for this match? I mean, is that something you want to talk about well, with the players I think, present? Or? I, no, I think because of the addition of the new public announcer, I think that's going to create about a five to seven point uh, leverage for the Seahawks. Okay. So I think the Seawolves are going to win by eight points. Eight and points. I think the score will be 30 to 22. 30 to 22. Yeah, I definitely, um, you know, I want to talk about the defense of these teams. So I think both of them we expect great defense from. And so, you know, what do you think that's going to affect with scoring? So if you say 30 to 22, well, what do you see happening? Well, by, by great defense, what are you talking about? defensive systems and tackling and commitment to keeping people from breaking the game sure. line and making breaks? Or are you talking about big monster hits? Because well, quite frankly, you yeah. know, a lot of Americans think that good defense is big, big monster, monster hits. hits. And in rugby football, that is not the case. So I'm, I don't have my stats on me, but I like to think about stops within 22 meters where you're either able to exit kick or you were just flat out able to get out of it. Because that's where you're in trouble, right? That's where it's clutch to be able to make a stop. And I feel like that's something that both of these teams can pull off. And so whether they're just grinding phases there in the 22 and it's leading to penalties and that's jacking the score up, I mean, I'm not going to say this is going to be necessarily as low scoring a game as Seattle versus Glendale. I think it's going to be more exciting than that. But 
Um, you know, I, I would place it in the same range of the 20 to 30 with about a one-try difference. Seattle Glendale is a bit of a chess match. I think this right. is going to be wide open. I mean, Utah, yeah. Utah has, uh, you know, uh, obviously I'm doing the public announcing on Sunday. I'm sure, going to take an extra hour exciting. to learn some of those names yeah. as well as the possible. I'm doing announcing tomorrow, so but I know how that goes. I'm very excited about it. But, but uh, Utah is kind of a seven team with 15 players. I sure. like to chuck the ball around. I like to do some one-on-one -on -one things. And then they create things one-on-one. -on -one, and yeah. then they start to play the rugby. You know, come sure. over the top of the ruck. And then move the ball out quickly. So yeah. they're going to look to the CK, the 13. I forget his name. Uh, uh, the outside center? Or? Yeah, the outside center, the 13. And they've got two I had them down, yeah. but anyways. Okay. So that combination is, is going to be fantastic. Yeah. And then you've got Kurt Morath, who's like the only rugby player who doesn't need a shower after he plays. <laughs> so this is going <laughs> to be his, right. that is going to be one heck of a back line that Utah throws at us. Yeah. It's going to be a very high-level game. I hope the weather's good. I mean, Utah likes to throw the right. ball around. We definitely want to play some enterprising rugby. Phil Mack has been very impressive around the base and scrum, looking just to play absolutely. offensive rugby. So I think it's going to be sure. a very exciting game. Yep, absolutely. I'm excited for this game. I think Mack is going to be critical for us. I think we may see more of a clash between the backs than some of these other matches where we've seen a big battle in the forwards. Um, and, and so, you know, I really expect that we're going to have just an absolute battle between the centers. Shalom. Well, a couple of questions. couple of questions. Just true shame. Yeah, okay, cool. We got somebody up here for Let's some questions. No, about I think tickets. we should go with Shane. I want to know about the tickets. Are you the ticket man? Okay, I want to ask Shane. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Shane Skinner, the general manager and co-founder of the Seattle Seawolves. I'd like to give him a hand. man himself. No, no, seriously, listen, listen, everyone, please. It's, uh, there are a lot of people who said this couldn't be done. Come in the Instagram video. Come say hi to everybody. There, there are a yeah, lot of people that said this couldn't be done, the Seawolves yeah. deal. we got 4,000 people standing in line to get tickets for Sunday's game, and this is just fantastic. Shane, thank you very much. My question to you, though, is with the advent of social media, the Seawolves have become a little bit of a, a cult yep. following, particularly in Seattle. There are a lot of people who want seat, seats. Right. What can I tell those friends of mine that ask me, how can I get seats to come in the Seawolves? Surely there's got to be a way. Please don't say no. There's got to be some secondary market. There's the uh, the 2019 oh my God. season wait list. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Who would have thought this was possible? Just in the United States of America. There, no, the demand for rugby in America is right here. This is absolutely incredible. This is the man that's doing it. Shane, come and sit down for a couple minutes. Right. You want to chat? Yeah, have a little chat. There you go, Tony. Tony. I don't like chatting. All right. You sure? Shane doesn't okay, like well, chatting. That's okay. Thank, He's done a super thanks so job. much thank for you. just popping on for a thank second. You. Really appreciate it. Okay. So, Are you serious? To 2019, that's your answer? 2019. I thought you were a salesman. You get some more inventory. <laughs> I have nothing else to sell. Oh, my gosh. And there's Shalom. So, so Let's ask Shalom. Hey, Shalom. Shalom, can you come here just just a minute? You've this got a big Shalom assignment. Yeah. One just of the, want to say hi to the players. One of the iconic American Eagles, one of the great rugby families in the United States, the Suniolas. The Suniolas, legendary. And I have a question that if I were a player, I wouldn't want to be asked right now, but I'm, because I'm not a player, I'm going to ask it to Shalom. He's taking his time with this autograph. He is taking his time Which with this autograph. Which I would enjoy, too, if I had the privilege of signing an autograph. 
pretty amazing. Okay, so here's my question. Shalom, come on back here. Shalom, come around. Get on camera, Ladies and gentlemen, Shalom Suniola from one of the great rugby families in the United States. This is a question... Yeah, this, is a, this is a question from a former player to a current player that's probably not real appropriate. But Shalom, <laughs> you're, Shalom you're going to be playing against one of the uh, the better known players in the uh, in, in, in the uh, MLR, uh, Paul Lasique, this weekend. And I and, uh, just want to know what you think about that, playing against the former Chicago Bear NFL star. And what you're thinking about that, because we have a tremendous amount of confidence in you and the team. We do. Well, at the moment we haven't made. At the moment we have made uh, team selections yet. So, at this stage, if I do get the opportunity, um, I'm excited to take it yeah. on because I know Paul's a great player. It's a challenge. He's he's, uh, he's an upcoming. He's, he's in the Eagles mix right now. Yeah. So, again, it's exciting for rugby. He's a big exciting boy. from his fan base standpoint. And uh, well, we would love to see that assignment because <laughs> you know we've been seeing the clash at the centers at the midfield with you and Rosalika, and it is just electric to watch. Yeah, we're very excited. Well, still working on that pairing, and it's uh, yeah, it's going to be different every week. So hopefully, we can uh, have consistency. Well, we like what we're seeing. Take it from the wolf pod. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to represent a couple people here that listen. <laughs> say right, so right. thank you very much. Sure, thank you very much, man. Good luck this week. Thanks it's for having Great to have you on the wolf pod. Well, that was, quite, that was quite a diplomatic uh, answer by Shalom on how he's going to run up to Lasika this week by saying that selections haven't been made. Yeah. And I heard that Shalom actually was requesting to play 10 this weekend for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, That's so maybe he wanted Willie to bring Willie to come in at the 12. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, Rasalik is a big guy. You know, maybe what Shalom was just telling us is that he's not going to tell Lasika, he's just going to show him. You know, if he gets up there in the centers, he's going to smash him. And I think we're capable of that with our centers. Our centers are very strong men, and it's going to be a very exciting We have a nice team to watch. Not too many weaknesses. Totally. Well, Let's um, get a player or two up here. What's that? Let's get that player there. These beards going. We want to get another player up here? Are there any Seagulls the players? Western Washington right there. Brookie. Are there any professional rugby players that would like to come to the stand? We're going to Seagull right here. I'm not, not quite. Not, not quite. They don't do that for front rowers, do they? Well, you know, <laughs> suddenly as soon as the beep test starts, oh, my knee's a little sore. I don't yeah. know. How are you feeling about the season? Feeling pretty good so far. It must be really such a good. cool team to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. You guys had a historic weekend in a historic league on a historic day. I could just, anything that happened that opening day, I could just put historic and it accurately describes what happened. I mean, our ability to just roll over there in the forwards, you must have been so proud because I know you're right in there at training, working with the forwards and seeing those boys going strong is just fantastic. Yeah, we, well, we had a pretty good feeling that something yeah. special was going to happen. For day. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, it's really cool to have a player for the first time on SeawolfCon. You are the first. Well, Shalom was on, but Shalom didn't sit down. I give him credit for answering, but, you know, this is our, this is, this is down in So I had a feeling this would happen. I had a feeling it would be Well, Tony did it. I didn't do it. So I blame him. Hope you've had some nice beer here at Postdoc. So, you know, looking back at the games that we had this season, like in our loss against Glendale, kind of what was your takeaway? Because, you know, even though 
you know, regardless of what kind of playing time you get, you're going to have an opinion on it because you've been right there, you know, with the boys working on everything that we need to beat a team like that. So I think against Glendale, we just didn't execute. Sure. You know, we, just didn't execute. We had yeah. a great game plan, and then, you know, we... We've got a photo bomb in the back. Oh, that's all right. Don't make eye but, contact. Yeah, we, we had a great game plan, and, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, it just it didn't come off like it was yep. supposed to. But it was tough because it started to rain in the second half. Yeah, but we should be used to that. We should come be used on. to that the Pacific Northwest. I agree. You know, I'm used to it playing down in Oregon, just club level. Um, but it's a challenge, and you know, I think I think wet turf is different than wet grass. Uh, I don't know what you would say. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think wet turf is a little bit more slick than wet grass. Yeah, the ball is also quite slick. Right. Yeah. Well, and I haven't even had the privilege of having one of these Ram Rugby, you know, pieces of equipment in my hand. It, what does it feel like? Because I'm used to a different kind of equipment. I mean, it's the same as any yeah. other ball. It's it's a good ball, but sure. like every other rugby ball, it looks it like a great wet, ball. Yeah. It's, it's just tough. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, and then what about, everybody's been wondering about the humidity of the New Orleans game. So, you know, what did that do compared to talking about rain, which is something we're used to? We're not used to humidity here in Seattle. I mean, in my opinion, we're not. What did you think about that? How so, was that affecting the game? I wasn't down there, but from talking to everybody, it was tough. It sounded yeah. like the warm-up was the toughest part of the whole game. Challenging. Getting going was the hardest part. But it's, you know, T.R. was saying that they flew in through Phoenix on Friday. You're getting up in the morning in New Orleans, and it's like 5 a.m. Seattle time. Right. And then you've got a match at 10 a.m. you got to warm up in the heat. Like, that's gross. I mean, the, the grossest conditions I played in in rugby was like, I played in Beijing once. The air was bad, and, and the weather was hot, and I was like playing with the Samoan team, and I was just a small kid who got a pair of boots from somebody when he got injured. So, you know, I know what a rough day of rugby looks like, but we still pulled out the win. You know, we were lucky on some of those kicks. They didn't have J.P. Eloff. Eloff's a great kicker, and so with him not there, you know, that, that helps us out. But um, I guess what's your takeaway there? Because... We don't want to be complacent even if we win, if it's a close match. What are we going to take away and improve on? Right. So, I mean, I don't want to say we got lucky. Howden's a great kicker. It's, it was kind of, right. you know, I don't want to, He probably could have made a couple of those kicks, yeah. right? Sure. So, the big thing is... Were uh, they affected by the heat? They should be used to that. Like, we're used to the rain. Think, right? Yeah. I, I, sure. don't, I don't think they were. I think they're probably yeah. used to it by now. Right. But, you know, again, it was just execution. You could see the boys sure. getting a little tired when yeah. they gave up some of those late scores. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it's pretty hard to prepare for conditions like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all sit in the sauna or steam room for about an hour a day. Okay. And it's still, you know, we're, everybody's right. still struggling. <laughs> yeah, man, humidity's tough. Well, yeah. what, are you, uh, what are you thinking about the game this week? We're playing the Utah Warriors. We just got Shalom on to talk about being a center against me, the scariest number 12 in Major League Rugby. Personally, I think it could be Shalom, but he's a nice guy. So. Yeah, he is. He is. I'm not saying Paul isn't, but, you know, Paul oh. played for the Bears. Like, look at this guy, you know? He's a big dude. He's, he's going to get back to Soldier Field dude. playing rugby, and that's really cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Probably like, be the only guy to ever play two sports in Soldier Field. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, unless he goes and plays baseball next or something. Well, like, that. <laughs> like me, he's a piano mover, not a piano player. <laughs> I'm a piano player. That's yes, why I'm are. doing the podcast. <laughs> or I'm a halfback if I play rugby. But, That's all right. Um, so, yeah, you know, the this, this center matchup is going to be pretty pretty big to look at. A big clash. It's going to be electric. You know, what are you thinking about? I was saying with, with TR that, 
I think the, the backline matchup is actually something to look forward to more in terms of action this weekend than maybe some of the past matches. And as a forward yourself at the Seawolves, what are you thinking? Is it actually happening in the forwards? Is it happening in the backs? Is it equal distribution? You know, help us understand. What do you expect this You know, weekend? it's happening everywhere. Yeah. It's going to be an action-packed game. Sure. I'm excited to see my boy, Georgie Barton. Yeah. Oh, boy. Can't wait to see what that young player yep. does. He's yep. out. That's a that's a brick uh, brick you know what house yeah he he's is a, he's a stout little kid yeah I um so somebody with a handle that's also like Barton on on Instagram sent me a video of him in this New Zealand tackling video and they the the video is all about like their coaching package for tackling and they open it up with just a smashing hit from the young really? I mean, he's just like that guy's so physical you know he's just like he's thick. He, and, and it's really exciting to watch him tackle somebody. And big hits. And Americans get excited about that, but it's not just big hits. It's good defense, right? Yeah. Right? He knows what he's doing. I think the thing you're going to see this weekend is he's he's like 240 pounds, but he is a nimble 240 pounds. He knows how to move, yeah. And he's got the softest hands you've ever seen. Sure. So yeah, he's he's got the cuts. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Well, that's one to watch for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited for this weekend. And... It's great to have you on Seawolf Pod, Louie. This is cool. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, maybe I'll get your number after this so I can call you in sometime for the podcast. Yeah, fine with me. All right. We'll hear from you again. Thank you very much. I'll take that mic so we don't get any feedback. Well, Postdoc Brewing, it has been a very, very enjoyable night uh, doing my podcast that you've never heard of here, um, which is called Seawolf Pod. You should go check it out on uh instagram we're gonna wrap things up here it's been really fun talking to tony who was a usa eagle and some of these players here with the sea wolves who have been eagles will be eagles um are top-notch rugby players and i just hope um you know it's not even about listening to my podcast it's about supporting sea wolves rugby and the development of the sport it is so exciting what's going on in the united states with rugby and you should definitely at least get on that waiting list because you're going to miss out if you're not there. And um, just so grateful to be here at Postdoc Brewing. It's the official brewery partner of the Seattle Seawolves. And some of their staff members are out here today, too, which is really great to see and meet them. And just, you know, feeling really lucky to be doing Seawolf Pod and be such um, part of such a great program. Uh, really great people, solid guys playing rugby out there. A really good back of house, you know, getting to meet Shane today, the owner, and some of the folks here with PR and ticket sales and, and marketing. They know what they're doing. There's a reason why we're selling out our matches. And, uh, you know, Tony said we've got a lot of rugby to go this season, and I agree with him. But I also think that um, there's a reason to be confident about our team and what we can pull off here. So thanks so much, everybody. And uh, I'm going to do my classic little sign-off here that if you ever listen to me on iTunes, you'll hear. I always, I always have to recall it. Um, I always say, you know the deal, which isn't even part of the sign-off. I say, you know the deal. And I say, hunt together, pod alone, because it's my pod. And go Seawolves. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks for being out here. Thanks, Postdoc Brewing. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, Seawolves. Have a good night. And see you Sunday at Starfire, I hope. Thanks, everybody, on Instagram Live for tuning in. I think it might have just been Rocky the Seawolf, which is like that. That's the end.